This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Welcome to the show. It's called Because I Said So, and I'm your host, John Roseman. If you want to find out more about me, my books, my speaking schedule, you can go to johnrosemond.com. That's J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com. And find my upcoming speaking schedule. We haven't yet posted all of the events for the fall of 2017, but that schedule should be up reasonably soon. My books are in the bookstore And uh, we do beat Amazon's prices because we pair every book with a CD. And I autograph every book that leaves our our small warehouse. Anyway, glad you could join the show. And if you're a first-time listener, I am a family psychologist who does not believe in psychology. I am licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board. They regret the day they ever gave me a license because... I go around the country and I tell the truth, which is that psychology, my profession, has caused more problems for the American child, the American parent, the American marriage, the American family, the American school, the American community, and therefore America than psychologists even know how to solve. I do not believe that psychologists, if they practice from a traditional psychological paradigm from the basis of a traditional psychological paradigm that they know what they're doing. And why is that? Well, because a traditional psychological paradigm and formed as it is by psychological theory stands in complete opposition to a biblical understanding of human beings and a biblical worldview. So if one believes that a biblical worldview represents truth, the truth, not a truth, but the truth, as I do, then anything that stands in opposition to it must be false. And therefore, people practicing from the context, from within the context of a false worldview, don't know what they're doing. Someone recently came up to me and said, John, you're really hard on your colleagues, your profession in general. Don't you think there's Anything about these new parenting ideas that's uh, worthwhile? And I said, no, uh, absolutely not. When you're beginning from a set of false premises and false assumptions, then you cannot, from that starting point, be talking about anything truthful. And that includes children. I believe that the problems that we are having in America today concerning the rearing of children We did not have in the 1950s and before because, and this has been verified by parenting sociologists, in the 1950s and before, even parents who did not adhere to explicitly a biblical worldview, who were not believers, in other words, actually were raising their children according to biblical principle. They were not doing so wittingly. They were doing so unwittingly. But nonetheless, they were raising their children from a biblical point of view, a set of, uh, on the basis of or according to biblical principle. And we stopped doing that in the mid-1960s. 
when we began listening to psychologists and other mental health professionals spread their poisonous parenting propaganda. And we have been sinking into deeper and deeper child-rearing troubles in America since that time. In addition, the mental health of the American child is 10 times worse today than it was in the 1950s. So what is a biblical parenting paradigm? That's the focus of this show today. So first of all, a biblical parenting paradigm puts your responsibilities to your child third. That's right. Now listen to me very carefully. In the raising of your child, your child is not your fundamental responsibility. Now that may seem outrageously anti-intuitive, but listen, in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31, and let me set the stage before I quote this, Jesus is holding conversation with some individuals, and a scribe approaches him and asks, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus replies, this is the most important. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now, what Jesus is saying here when applied to the raising of children is that your first obligation in the raising of children is to God, and your second obligation is to your neighbor, which places your child third in the order of your obligations. Your number one obligation as a parent is to honor God in how you raise your children. And you honor God in how you raise your children by raising your children according to biblical principle. And your second obligation is to your neighbors. Your second obligation, and, and I've put it this way many times, that proper parenting is in part an act of love for your neighbor that you raise your child properly out of an act of love for your neighbor, out of consideration for the well-being of the rest of us. So in your hierarchy of parenting responsibilities, the Lord God, Father God, is number one, your neighbor is number two, and your child is number three. Today's parents are completely, from that perspective, over-focused on their children. In fact, most parents today raise children with tunnel vision, and the entire visual field at the end of the tunnel is occupied by the child or children in question. This over-focus on children has caused a number of problems, first and foremost being that the marriage has slipped to 
second banana in the American family and has been overshadowed by the parent-child relationship. In the 1960s and early 70s, one of the drums that the mental health community in America began beating was the drum of the child-centered family. People like psychologist Thomas Gordon, who wrote the best-selling parenting book of the 1970s, Parent Effectiveness Training, maintained that the optimal mental health of the child was guaranteed only if the child grew up in a child-centric family. Now, mind you that up until this point in time, families were adult-centric, marriage-centric, or parent-centric, however you want to put that. And the mental health community came in like a wrecking ball and upended that understanding and maintained that the child needed to be the focus of attention in the family and that child or children needed to occupy center stage in the family. And this is an example of how the intrusion of psychological advice and psychological theory into America's parenting practices has caused us so many problems. If you depart from God's instructions on how to live a proper life in any area of life, you will bring down troubles on your head. It is clear scripturally that the marriage should occupy center stage. God says so right up front in his word in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, where he says, the man shall leave his father and mother. In other words, God prescribes emancipation. In other words, adult children should not be living at home. Are you understanding this? The man shall leave his father and mother and shall join together with his wife, and they will become one flesh. In many American families today, the condition of one flesh in the family is more between parent and child than it is between husband and wife. In fact, in my informal polls, I find that people are occupying the roles of mom and dad nine times more than they are occupying the roles of husband and wife. They're acting as if they took a vow on their wedding day that said, I take you to be my husband, I take you to be my wife, until children do us part. Today's parents are paying more attention to their children than they are paying to each other. They're doing more for their children, even children who are fully capable of fixing their own food for themselves. They're doing more for their children than they're doing for one another. They are more concerned and more considerate, concerning and, and toward their children than they are toward one another. And on and on the list goes. I'm, people my age can see this very quickly. Clearly, because we are members of the last generation of American children who grew up in adult-centric families. And we understand that there is nothing that forms a more solid foundation of well-being and security for a child than the knowledge that the two people he relies upon the most for his provision and protection are in a committed relationship And that demonstration, the demonstration that the marriage is number one in the family, ought to be made on a daily basis for the child, if for no other reason than children grow up in families in which they see what a marriage is all about. 
So in a moment, uh, we'll come back after the break and talk about the rest of God's perfect parenting plan found in His Word. I'm John Roseman. The show is called Because I Said So on American Family Radio all across America, Saturdays, 5 p.m. Central Time. Hope you stay with us. So welcome back to the show. I'm John Roseman. The show is called Because I Said So. And it's called Because I Said So because in the advice that I give, the commentary that I offer, I speak from exclusively a biblical and traditional parenting perspective. And of course, those four words, Because I Said So, are associated with a traditional parenting perspective. So that's why I use them. By the way, because I said so, those four words are nothing more than an affirmation of the legitimacy of your authority, which is given to you by none other than God. I've said this many times before. It bears repeating. The children you are raising are not your children. They are God's children, first and foremost. You function as his proxies in the raising of his children, And because he has assigned this responsibility to you from the position of ultimate authority over everything that happens in the universe, you have no business raising his children according to any other set of directions than the directions that he has provided us in his word. So I talked, I'm talking about those directions. God's parenting plan, the perfect parenting plan, the only parenting plan that works because, I mean, it's obvious. These are his children and his parenting plan being a perfect parenting plan is the only parenting plan that is going to produce what he wants from you and what, in fact, you want as well from your children. Uh, So, um, I talked about the fact that uh, everything starts with Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. The man shall leave his father and mother, parentheses, in other words, emancipation is mandated, ladies and gentlemen, by God. Children should not be living with their parents when they are adults. The man shall leave his father and his mother and join together with his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This is not a suggestion. This is a commandment. And so I said, you know, the the reason why today's parents are not on the same page, mom and dad, is because they are functioning primarily as mom and dad. They are in more of a state of one flesh with their children than they are with one another. And by the way, the term one flesh, it not only means a monogamous sexual relationship, it also means one purpose, one point of view, one direction. And that's what you want in your parenting. You want to be on the same page with your spouse. And I maintain And the Bible affirms this, 
the only way to get on the same page concerning the rearing of children is to function primarily as husband and wife. And I use this phrase quite often. You raise your children from within your marriage. You do not raise children from the roles of mom and dad. Now, that may sound paradoxical. In fact, it is uh, paradoxical. But the Bible clearly says that's the starting point, husband and wife. Uh, In many in American family, including Christian families, parents are acting as if they took a vow on their wedding day that said, I take you to be my husband, I take you to be my wife until children do us part, because that's what's happening in the overwhelming number of American families today, whether secular or Christian, which, by the way, is why Christian parents are having no fewer and no less serious problems than parents in the secular humanist atheist community. And then once you've got that down, once you're parenting once again from the roles of husband and wife, and you maintain that relationship as the central, most vibrant relationship in your family, then you go to God's next instruction to parents, which is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. And I'll be paraphrasing here, folks, where he says, that your primary responsibility is to impress biblical values upon your children at every possible opportunity. That is your primary responsibility. So going back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, your primary roles defined by that scripture are husband and wife. Now the next scripture in God's perfect parenting plan, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, defines your responsibilities and your responsibility, your primary responsibility, clearly, you can open your Bibles if you'd like and look at this, is to impress biblical values upon your children at every possible opportunity. That is your primary responsibility. Okay, Your primary responsibility is not to make sure that your children make straight A's. Your primary responsibility is not to uh, begin grooming a future Olympic athlete when he's three years old. Your primary responsibility is to properly see to the proper development of your child's character. And in that regard, only biblical values define proper character. I can't stress enough the secular humanist values of tolerance and universal acceptance do not. And then we go to uh, Jesus's very own words for our next biblical understanding when it comes to the raising of children, and that happens to be love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, et cetera, et cetera, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I say to parents all over the country in my speaking events in churches, Christian schools, and so on and so forth, well, I only say this in churches and Christian schools, that your primary responsibility when it comes to the raising of your children is ironically not to your children. Your primary responsibility is to God. You need to get it straight. 
your first obligation is to God. You are to honor God in how you raise your children, and you only do that by adhering to his parenting plan set forth clearly in his word. And keep listening because I'm going to tell you as the show unfolds exactly what it what it is, what it looks like. And your second obligation when it comes to the raising of your children is, again, not to your children. Your second obligation is to your neighbor. And I've said this many, many times. I think I've said it on this show many times. It bears repeating that proper child rearing is an act of love for your neighbor. You are to raise your children with your neighbors clearly in mind, their needs clearly in mind. In other words, you don't foist an ill-mannered, ill-behaved child upon your neighbors in the global sense of the term. Not just your next-door people, but your neighbors universally defined. You raise a well-behaved, obedient, respectful, well-mannered child for the sake of the rest of us. So you honor God in this way, and you love your neighbors in this way. And your third obligation now is to your children. Get it straight. And if you get it straight, if you honor God first and love your neighbor in the way that you raise your children, then you will discharge your responsibilities toward your children in a much more effective fashion because you'll have everything in in its proper order and in its proper place. And then we go to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, which is probably the most well-known of all biblical scripture concerning children and parental responsibilities. Train up the child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up the child in the way he should go. In other words, have a plan, have a purpose, have a mission statement in the forefront of your parent mind, so to speak, as you are raising your child or children. Have a clear vision of the adult you want your child to be when your child is 30 years old and aim at that future target Every single day, in every single child-rearing situation, that's what keeps your parenting path straight. And of course, that individual, that 30-year-old, is not defined in terms of professional success, money, income, uh, titles on the door, on his desk, political achievements, or anything else other than his or her character going back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, because all these parenting scripture are all tied together, folks. And then we go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, a lot of people just end it with, fathers, do not exasperate your children. And they think, oh, fathers should never upset their children, or parents should never upset their children. And I've said this for many years, I believe I was the first person to say it, and that is, that's not what that scripture says. It does not say, fathers, do not exasperate your children. That is taking the first half of the scripture out of context and twisting its meaning in the process. It says, fathers, 
you will upset your children if you don't or exasperate your children be, uh, if you don't bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Follow the Lord's parenting plan, and he will keep your path straight. If you don't, you will zigzag all over the parenting playing field, and because your children, as a consequence, will never know what to expect of you next, you will exasperate your children. So you see, it's all tied together into a nice, neat, little, perfect parenting plan found only in Scripture and not found in the understandings of mental health professionals. Folks, this has been another episode, exciting episode, I hope, of Because I Said So with your host, John Rosemond, every Saturday, 5 o'clock Central American Family Radio. Hope you join us next week.